Let's open the Scriptures this morning to the Gospel of John, John chapter 13. We're going to start at the end of chapter 13, 13 verse 31, and read a little bit into chapter 14 and then uh, the tail end of 14 as well. John 13 verse 31, when he had gone out, and that's Judas, Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified. And God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And turning over to verse 25 of the same chapter, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, For the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Our text for the sermon this morning comes from John 14, verse 27. These words of the Lord Jesus, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. 
Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, if there's one thing that everybody wants, it's peace. Ironically, even when nations go to war, it's with that ultimate goal of securing peace, some kind of better peace than they have currently. You can think of the ancient empires like Egypt or Assyria, Babylon. They all waged extensive wars abroad so that they could live in peace and security at home and also gain the wealth of the other nations. And nations do this sort of thing today. America, for example, does something similar. Why does the U.S. have battleships in the Red Sea and in the Persian Gulf? Why does it have troops stationed in South Korea and Germany and other places? If it's not to keep the peace at home, secure the peace of America. It's even the same among terrorists. Some attack to gain peace, some defend for peace, but at the end of the day, all that anybody wants is peace for themselves and their people. And even on a personal level, we all want peace, don't we? Don't you want to live at peace with your neighbors? Don't you want to be at peace with your spouse, your children, your parents? And most of all, don't we want peace in our hearts? You can live in a country that is not at war, but still lack peace in your own life because your heart is troubled. Your heart might be troubled with confusion, guilt, uncertainty. Maybe it's trouble with sorrow, anger, frustration. Maybe it's envy. Bitterness. Many people with troubled hearts search and search for peace. But can they find it? In the history of this broken world, has anyone anywhere found a lasting peace that cannot be broken? Well, they have if they've gone to the Lord Jesus Christ. I give you this word of the Lord. The Lord gives peace to troubled hearts. We'll take a look at two things, the mirage of peace and the miracle of peace. Our text in John 14 takes place at the time of the Last Supper in the upper room. The Lord Jesus is gathered with His disciples, and it seems that after the meal is finished, the Lord takes opportunity to teach them a number of other important lessons before he goes to the cross. As he's warned them previously, so on this occasion he warns them again that he will soon depart from their midst. Chapter 13, 33, little children, yet a little while, and I, I will no longer be with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so I now also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. The Lord was going to leave them. And the thought of that upset the disciples tremendously. We have to remember that at this point in their lives, they didn't understand everything that the Lord Jesus had come to do. 
Christ had told them several times of his coming suffering and death in Jerusalem, but they, they couldn't grasp it. That didn't, that didn't resonate with them. How could their leader be willing to give up his life? How could the kingdom of God come if the Messiah were to die? Wouldn't that be the end of all his plans? Wouldn't that be the end of the coming of the kingdom? So they, they couldn't digest what he was telling them. It didn't fit with what they thought had to happen. They were confused. They were in doubt. They were in turmoil. Their hearts, says the Lord, were troubled. They had anything but peace on the inside. And the Lord is very aware of that. He starts out in chapter 14, verse 1, let not your hearts be troubled. He knows what they're feeling. Believe in God, believe also in me, he says to them. And in our text, verse 27, he repeats the same, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let your hearts be afraid. That's quite something to say to men whose nerves are frayed, who feel like their world is, is falling apart, yet Jesus sends an even stronger message to them in our text, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. That's quite something to say. My peace I give, I leave with you. What does the Lord mean by that? It was a common enough greeting in the day to just say peace to someone or shalom. Even our Iranian brothers and sisters will say salam, which is the same word, peace, just a greeting. So lots of people would in those days say peace. Even today, people say peace. The, the, the rock stars will flash the peace sign as they wave to their fans. People sign off their emails with peace. It's a sentiment. It's a wish. It's a desire that we express. But Jesus is saying something more than a sentiment. He's saying, I'm, I'm leaving you peace. I'm going to actually confer upon you. I'm going to give you peace. What does he mean? What kind of peace is this? Can you just hand somebody over peace like you, you hand them over a, a birthday present? Well, he helps us understand what he's driving at by giving a contrast. He says, not as the world gives do I give to you. I'm not giving you peace like the world gives with their sentiment, peace, that's not what I'm doing. The world that he's talking about, that, that's a way to refer to unbelievers. The world's idea of peace is outward order. It's keeping the guns silent and giving people freedom to conduct their lives without fear of attack. But is that true, lasting peace? Let's take our own country. We live in a, a beautiful country, Canada. It's often been rated the best country in the world to live in. We have pretty well the best of everything in the world, but do we truly have peace in our land, among our citizens? It's true there's no civil war presently, but there's also there's definitely a political war, isn't there, between the provinces and the federal government, between opposition political parties within every level of government. That's just one example. There's also a, a massive conflict of ideas and philosophies 
working out in our society right now, and it's, it's been fought on different fronts over the last decades. Right now, it's about transgender rights. We've got people on one side trumpeting so-called transgender rights and people on the other side fighting just for the rights of parents to know what their kids are up to at school when they, their children want to so-called change their gender expression. They're fighting about gender expression. I mean, this is madness. This is mayhem on multiple levels. Who can call that peace? And that's really only the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? Think of the rate of mental illness. It's climbing. The need for counseling work, even among Christians. You talk to any counselor. People at CCC have never been busier. Counseling work outside the Christian circle, never been busier. Suicides happening every day. Anxiety rates through the roof. More and more people choosing to die with what they call medically assisted death. Rather die than seek to live. The rates are going up. Divorce rates are at an all-time high. Crime is always with us. Homelessness, maybe you've noticed it, driving in Hamilton or Brantford or other places, there's a growing presence of homelessness in our cities. Our country, Canada, has cast off all its ties that it ever had to Christ and the Scriptures, but has that made for peace in our land? The guns may be silent for the most part, but true peace is just a mirage in our land. And then there's the method of getting this peace. In order for a country to be free from threat of attack, that country has to have a bigger threat to oppose its enemies with. In other words, a country without an army to defend itself is a sitting duck for the opportunist nation that would like to enrich itself and expand its borders. This has happened countless times in history. America, the nation, has peace at home because it has a big army that makes itself felt in other parts of the world. Nobody's going to attack the U.S. with its army the way it currently is. Unlike the Ukraine, whose province of Crimea was annexed by Russia in 2014, these remaining areas we know were invaded two years ago. Largely, they were defenseless before the army. Peace is something that's ironically obtained through force and the threat of retaliation. But at some point in history, someone's going to come along with a bigger army, so the peace is temporary. The peace is a mirage, but not so with the peace of Christ. The Lord is very insistent in verse 27. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. And it can sound like just another bunch of words, another empty expression, yet remember the context in which he said it, the upper room. Moments before the Lord Jesus had taken the bread, which we will do in like manner after him. He held up the bread before their eyes and he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup and he said to them all, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. The Lord just moments before had instituted a new covenant and he had given a new meal for that new covenant, a new covenant of everlasting peace 
which he would seal by the shedding of his own blood. He would shortly go to the cross. He would shortly give his body and blood as the supreme sacrifice, and by that means, he would purchase peace for his people, suffering their curse in his place. And that's why the peace that the world offers is nothing more than a mirage because it, it fails to address that core problem we all have. The world just puts a Band-Aid over the wound, doing nothing for its healing. You, you, can't, you can't get peace in this world when every human heart is filled with evil. You can't find rest for your own soul when sin keeps you distant from God, when guilt keeps you away from the fellowship with God. You can't experience contentment gladness, health, and happiness when the wrath of God hangs over you, whether you know it or not, God will not give you that peace. We humans, we broke the peace. We shattered the peace in Adam, and it's been going downhill in this world ever since until the Lord Jesus came to renew that peace, to, to give us a fresh shalom, Brothers and sisters, we, we need to take in that gift of peace freshly today and every day. The guilt of your sin and mine has been paid for in full by the Lord Jesus. So you and I, we are really, truly right with God. Our Maker is not upset with us. This is the permanent gift that the Lord Jesus is talking about. My peace I give to you. With this peace of Jesus, I and you with me, we never have to know the threat of God's judgment hanging over our heads because in God's eyes, my guilt is gone. With the peace of Jesus in me, His Spirit living in me, I am no longer a helpless slave to sin. Now I can battle temptation when it comes. Now I have the ability to say no to what is wrong, to do what is right in God's eyes. Didn't have that ability before. With the peace of Jesus, you and I are, are no longer in a state of uncertainty or confusion about who we are, about where we're going. We know who we are. We are followers of Christ. We follow after Christ. He's taking us with Him through this life into the promised land of the new earth where He will be with us forever. We know who we are and where we're going. With the Lord's peace in my heart, I'm no longer hopeless in my sorrow or sickness or frustration or addiction or depression or bitterness, for Christ has taken away the root cause of all of them, my sin, my guilt. He secured for me a future that is sorrow-free, sick-free, frustration-free, addiction-free, depression-free, bitterness-free. With the Lord's peace filling our hearts, we also have peace to give to one another, to our neighbors. I'm now eager to forgive because I've 
been forgiven. I want to show kindness as I have been kindly treated by God. I desire harmony. I desire fellowship with all my brothers and sisters in Christ and even beyond to the community because I know the great blessing in my soul of being at peace with my God, having harmony with my Creator, though I do not deserve it. I, sinner that I am, by nature an enemy of God, I have been touched by His grace, so Lord, help me touch others with Your grace too. My brothers, my sisters, this is for you and me. Let's believe it. Let's accept it. Let's live it. This isn't a message you keep on a shelf. This is the gospel you take into your heart and work it out in your life. That's what makes the peace of Christ so different from the peace the world offers. And notice how different his method of obtaining it is too. He doesn't give as the world gives. The Lord Jesus didn't leave the upper room that night with his guns ablazing. He didn't call down the army of God. He didn't rally swords and shields and multitudes of angels to fight for peace. The world, it strives for peace with with a rifle in its hand, but Christ Jesus made for peace with nails driven through His hands. The world fights desperately to secure its own life and make peace, but Jesus gave up His life and has provided peace with our Maker, with each other. The world spends countless billions to buy just a a mirage of peace. But the Savior has spilled His precious blood to purchase the gift of peace once and for all for everyone who puts their trust in Him. The peace of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's, it's here, it has arrived. And it's working powerfully in every heart that belongs to Him. So brothers and sisters, come and be refreshed in it by faith. Come and be renewed in that peace by faith. When you take of this supper, let your heart soak up that peace. Let it soak up harmony with your God. Know that you are at peace with your Maker. And let your heart also soak up harmony with one another. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Be at peace. Amen.